like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. I don't know if anybody was here the last time we played. If that's the case, then I'm looking at probably the toughest audience in rock and roll history that survived that. And we all made a pact at the end of the show, we're never playing that fucking place again. But we've been lured back by one of the most beautiful days that I've seen in forever. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast we're back with another episode this week i'm out of punk rock jail everybody i'm excited i'm like i'm free and i spent i spent the week there and it was uh i've seen some things i've seen some things i heard some things i never want to hear again but look i've learned my lesson and i'll be able to notice john doe whenever i see him at any show wearing a suit however we move forward, and that was last week, but this is this week, and we're going to East Troy from 2003. Alpine Valley, you guys. Alpine Valley. That is a big venue in Pearl Jam history, and we did a lot of shows last year that resonated there. We talked about PJ20, of course. We talked about the Lollapalooza show. I wasn't on that one, but it, it was done. You guys did it. And we did the Ice Bowl, so like we kind of... We're sort of telling the history of Alpine Valley a little bit, and the only ones that we have left are the two from 1998. So at some point, we'll get to those, and we'll kind of finish that lineage, almost like we did for Madison Square Garden. So why don't we get into it? We have a new album called Earthling to talk about, and then we got a show to talk about. That was a Patreon request. So Romeo Sierra over here, Juliet Foxtrot over there. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did I there? See what you're, see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it, it, I saw that, and I'm like, whoa, Echo Victor, 
That's uh that's a pretty cool one. That's that's a cool name. No wonder why he got to call better himself than, that. Better than Juliet Foxtrot, whatever the fuck that is. That sounds yeah, that sounds like a, by the way, we're Romeo and Juliet. I don't know if you're uncomfortable. I I could be comfortable. Are you whatever. okay with that? Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, some of them are really really dumb. Think about Boom. Boom is Bravo Golf. And Stone is yeah, Sierra Stone. Golf. Nah, not cool. McCready is Mike Mike. <laughs> Cameron is Mike Charlie. <laughs> I like I like the amount of time that you put into this. Oh, I I, I and I have the I have the Earthlings too. Jeff is Juliet Alpha. So we did the whole Pearl Jam. So then we go to let's do Josh Klinger. Juliet Kilo. Chad Smith is Charlie Sierra. These are all bad. Chris Cheney is Charlie Charlie. <laughs> And Andrew Watt is Alpha, oh crap, what's the, Alpha Whiskey, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, Alpha Echo Whiskey. Vi- Echo Victor wins, though, that's definitely the, the coolest It's the one. best. Oh, Glenn Hanser, Golf Hotel, Golf Hotel. <laughs> Pulled the short end of the stick there. Golf Hotel. He'd be that little, like, hoity-toity place, like, by Augusta or some shit like that, just call it the mm-hmm. Golf Hotel. Oh my god. All right. We we need to get back to being Oscar Kilo here. So Earthling came out last week and got a bit of buzz and obviously the shows continued in Chicago and those were very good shows kind of mixing some other things up a little bit in there and we all know that that Klinghoffer had to sit out the second night because unfortunately he tested positive for COVID so that's something that we all we've been talking about that was that's been a concern of ours and it's unfortunate that it had to happen. The shows happen, and they they brought this buzz, and then the record comes out, and everybody gets to hear this now. And thankfully, this kind of fell in our lap perfectly, because for February, we're doing the Album a Day Challenge. So I decided the album for the 11th is, of course, Earthling. It, it has to be. So to get everybody's reaction and to see that it was overwhelmingly positive, and the way that I saw it was everybody seemed to find something that they could attach to, whether it would be like an Invincible or the Habs, which had already been out, whether it be the punk rock songs like Good and Evil or Try or Rosa Jericho. Some people are attaching that. Some people are attaching to Fallout Today or Power of Right, but people are finding stuff from this. And and it's great to see that from across the map, it seems like Everybody has something that they enjoy about it. Yeah, I think the general response has been good. I think I'm just glad that, you know, because the early singles, you know, we heard Long Way in the halves, and we were kind of like, kind of mixed reactions on those. Like, I think everybody's going to be. And I'm, yeah, and I'm Mm -hmm. glad that it's kind of exceeded everyone's expectations a little bit. And like, yes, there is some diverse stuff on there. There's some upbeat rock songs. There's some faster stuff. There's some slower stuff. Everyone's raving about the, the Stevie Wonder harmonica solo. Of course, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's just, I'm just glad that it's found an audience kind of where you you wonder like, oh, solo record now. And like, they're just about to go back with Pearl Jam and like, what's this going to be like? And it's going to be, it's different, this this new band type of thing. But I'm glad there's some excitement and it's something to talk about. And the shows have been great. Like you mentioned, it seems like they're going to be doing Dirty Frank every show except the one you went to and they did Smile. Well, they didn't do one. They they didn't do it at the (laughs) Chicago show. Let's let's hang on that Smile thought for a second because I just want to throw it out there 
you guys are great. Uh, like I talked to so many people this past Ooh, week. This band, Just, you guys, what a what a story I, this is. Yeah, but I, I mean, like he touched a lot of people. He made a lot of friends in this community, and he made people happy. He had a story that was just like overcoming all of the odds. And, you know, I, I was talking to a friend, I believe it was last night, and I, I, I told him about this. I told him what happened. And he's like, I mean, it's it, it's the best thing when it happens, but it's also the worst at the same time. I said, you know, unfortunately, it happens too often. Unfortunately, we have to do dedications to people that don't get to realize how much they're loved when they're here. But however, we have had moments before we've that we've talked about on this show that somebody like Bill Castrovince, if you go back to Tampa in 2016, mm -hmm. he overcame glioblastoma and he was at the show and requested hard to imagine. They played and they, they shouted him out. Andrea Oaks, she went to the London 2018 show and yeah. she, I think she wanted inside job, but I think she got, I won't back down, but they still, you know, mentioned her at length. And like, that's good that they noticed that, that if somebody is going through a rough patch that is respected around this community, that they'll get their appreciation because they deserve it. And that's what this is. This is a community that just have so much love for one another because it's so unique in the fact that we can all have this one band that we revolve around, but that we can have so many other things in common that yeah. interact with it, you know? And to that, they realize the effect that they have on people and they realize oh, that it's going to be something that's very meaningful and very powerful. And for them to see that or for someone to see that and tell them and be like, Hey, you guys, you guys need to check this out. This is important. This is an Ed and the Earthling show. It's not even a Pearl Jam show. Usually Ed doesn't yeah. do songs that weren't written by it. And that was the one thing yeah. when people were requesting this. I'm like, I, I didn't want to be that bearer of bad news. This is the age of anything can happen. Sure. Just do it and see what happened. And, and you know, it's funny, Bradley Pisecki, who was at the show and, and he was relaying a lot of the stuff to Dave uh, from Live Footsteps, uh, Dave Jantash and I. And he said during Glenn Hansard's set that Glenn was out there. He's like, yeah, so I'm going to play a little shorter here because the boss had to change things up tonight. So it's going to be a little bit of a different set, which is, is funny because Glenn Hansard did the one you know prominent thing within Pearl Jam's live show that Glenn Hansard was involved with was Smile. Yep. And they didn't do a duet on it. It was just it was just Ed, which for a moment like that, that Glenn taking a backseat is probably... You know, for him, I don't think he wanted to step beyond right. his boundaries, but I, right. I thought that I thought that that was at least interesting, and that's that's where I saw. I'm like, you know what? Because of that, it probably has a chance. But I, I'm glad, regardless of all that, I'm glad that everybody had some closure. I'm glad that everybody was able, and especially a lot of people that there that were there. Uh, Sean's funeral or memorial procession happened a day later in Chicago. He was from the Chicago area, mm -hmm. and a lot of people were there already and had tickets or, or wow. went and a lot of people that also went just for, for Sean's Memorial, just a shout out, especially to Andrew Taylor, Lila Barzagar and Marty Higgins. I feel like they were the ones to really put this out in the forefront and, and get this going. Like, uh, gee, you guys are great. I, I love you all. And like, 
these, these are the best fans ever. You can always rely on people, anybody in this community to do something good. So, all right. So we're going to halt the Earthling conversation a little bit because John hasn't listened to it yet. So we're going to... Busy. We're going to wait until John has time to put on some headphones and, and chill out a little bit and listen to some Mecca Victor. And, and we're going to move into working with this Alpine Valley episode. And, and this is a Patreon request from our friend and patron, Greg Schwab. And it's actually funny. I want to tell his story a little bit. I'm not going to reveal because he has a Horizon profile that's coming probably sometime this week. And he's going to tell a story about the last time that he saw Eddie Vedder in Chicago. And it's like, oh, it's if it, <laughs> you feel bad for him, especially what happened afterwards. Like he's not a 10 club member anymore because of what happened to him at that show. I think that's all you need to say. That's yeah, right. So especially that he's coming on and talking about Pearl Jam, that that was over 10 years ago that the incident happened, that he's coming on and talking about Pearl Jam and still isn't a 10 Club member, that should tell you a lot. So during the whole entire episode, I basically go to him into like, you got to go to one of the Chicago shows. You're from Illinois. Like it's only a half hour away. You got to go. You got to go. Uh, I get a call from him around 8.30 Eastern time, and he's like, I got tickets. I'm like, wow, that's great. He's like, do you know anybody that needs one? Like, you got two? Yeah, it was cheaper to get two than it was to get one. <laughs> uh, that's, that's right on target for this tour, unfortunately. But So Greg picked this show, East Troy 2003. Let's hear a little bit of what he's going to talk about in the profile episode what he remembers from that day and some of his favorite moments. I'm just going to roll the tape. So I think I saw four or five shows that tour. I can't remember the exact order now. I did Champagne, Council Bluffs. They opened with Ark that night. Yes. And what was the other? We did Council Bluffs. We did two. Oh, Kansas City, the flood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yep. Hi, Dad. That Uh one. Yeah, the release. So I think it was those Mm -hmm. four. So there was wanting to hear songs. A lot of the new songs. It was beautiful weather. We got there early. Have you guys been to East Troy? You were there, right, for PJ20? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I went for PJ20, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a beautiful place to see a concert. Get there early, have fun, and it, just a great atmosphere. Everyone's so excited for it. Felt like I heard almost all the verses that night. They're going through it, especially that encore. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. That's a pretty thick encore, too, for this era, too. Aside from... You know, everything up until Fortunate Son seems like it would be in the Encore 1 and then maybe a little bit of what's left in Encore 1 and then Encore 2 would be like Bush Leaguer do the evolution, Fortunate Son, Baba, Yellow, Ledbetter. Sadly, I hadn't listened to this bootleg in a long time. And then when you reached out, I, I had to listen to it last week, you know, late night at work. And I think it's during do the evolution when you realize just how off the rails the show was headed and how it's wine level off the charts as well <laughs> i mean the the botched lyrics but you know they're very entertaining and then the encore break to the american butt fuck blow job was everyone's just cracking up i don't know what he was trying to say at that point but it was hilarious what happened during crazy mary because we you got a little bit of a guest during crazy mary didn't you yes the guy running on stage and you see security all coming at him and Ed kind of gives him the back off. I got this. And he lets him say his piece. And because I think Kerry Wood was side stage that night, he, Ed introduces that drunken fan as 
Barry Wood of the Chicago Cubs. See, listening to it on the bootleg for all these years, I actually just kind of considered that they let Kerry Wood on stage to do that. But that that's that's good information to know right there. Yeah, definitely was not him. Or else but... we would have fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, not the real one, but he was side stage. Were there certain songs that you were like looking for early on? I mean, you said that you know Katowice was the first kind of bootleg that you saw and you grabbed, and that one's got all kinds of like rare stuff on and stuff that doesn't get played all the time. So was, were there, were you one of those guys that was like, Oh, I need to hear these certain songs, you know? At that point I was more excited for the covers and like the, the yeah, the deeper stuff. Okay. Hearing yeah. some, sometimes it was my first time hearing sometimes. And even sometimes I feel like they didn't play it that often as an opener at that point. I don't know if you guys agree. Uh, it, it had been 28 shows since they had played it from that day. So yeah, not, not a lot in 2003. So that was a treat to hear. And then, you know, Save You, God's Dice, those were obviously newer, but like just those rockers, the way they just ripped all those through the start. I, I love how they get their first six, seven fastens out and then they finally do a little introduction to the crowd and slow it down a little bit. I just love how they do that. At, you know, feel like that's their pace at a lot of shows back then. Yeah. And then you're getting stuff like Deep Returns in 2003. I think it's the seventh performance since it had returned. So this is pretty early on in it. And then you're getting something super, super rare. This is it's a live footstep. This says that this is the first time that they had tagged Why Can't I Touch It off Better Man, which I think most people would remember Why Can't I Touch It being tagged off of Wishlist mm-hmm. from the Live at the Garden DVD. But Buzzcocks opened up the show for them, right? Oh, you'd have to look. I don't know. We got we got okay. in there right about when Pearl Jam started. Right after that was, I believe, after Deep was, you know, I believe in miracles and just such a fast. The version that sticks out in my head is like the acoustic, you know, Benaroya acoustic mm-hmm. versions. But to hear that rocking version of it was, it gives it a different spin on. It. I really like that. And if you wanted covers, you went to the right show. <laughs> you really did, yeah. <laughs> no. What would you say would be your top three if you were doing the full live on four legs experience and you had a top three from this show? What would you consider it? How many covers would you put in it? Maybe one, but the evolution for sure. Sometimes, and say breath. Once again, thanks, Greg. Great stories, and thanks for requesting this one. This is going to be a really fun show to talk about. I mean, anytime 2003 is brought to the table, we are salivating. We are chomping at the bit to get it. So, always love these requests. And and honestly, look, I, I know that you can't really call. Alpine Valley, like it's a destination place. So it's kind of a bigger show, but this is just part of the tour too. You know what I mean? Like this kind of falls as like, okay, it's memorable for being in Alpine Valley, but honestly, it's still sneaky good in a way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have the appeal that a, that an ice bowl does or that PJ20 sure. does. Things that happen in the same place. And there there's so many big moments in 2003, you know, this one. Yeah. It feels like it kind of gets lost in the weeds sometime, but yeah, it's fantastic. Excited. I even think, I even think for the area because that, that Chicago show is really good too, but I even think for the area, a lot of people talk about that champagne show. A lot of people still talk about that one. Sure. I would love to get to that on a podcast at some point. And if anybody has a request handy, hint, hint, we're taking them through Patreon. We'll talk about that in the break. But yeah, look, it's I don't have much more to tee up than that. I think 2003 pretty much speaks for itself at this point. This is right before 
they're going into Mansfield like just over a week before the Mansfield stuff starts. So some of these songs feel like they're practicing for that a little bit, wouldn't you say? A little bit. They they were starting to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this tour is so good that you can literally close your eyes and, and point anywhere and, and you oh, can yeah. fall on either wheel. East Troy or Clarkston or MSG and you could be happy with it. So why don't we just be happy with it and let the show begin? We're going to start with a song that we haven't talked about on the podcast in a long time. And once I saw that this was on the set list, like anytime we get something fresh and I don't remember the last time we did a 1996 show. It was probably in the fall, but even even then feels like a long time ago. It feels like a year ago, even though it was September. Getting Sometimes to open a show, that feels not just unique sitting here right now and talking about it podcast-wise, but it feels unique for 2003. They had only done it three times. Yeah, I, I see this as being, like I mentioned, like being the let's get one under our belt if we're really going through with this monster of an idea. And I think that this version was a really great way to reintroduce the song back into the podcast because there are some cool little things that you don't get in the song that happen. I, I think it's like Mike's ending melody that sort of gets implemented in the Seek My Part and De- Devote Thyself. That's really cool. You never hear that. Like, that's usually something that's kind of held off to the end, but utilizing that part in that role kind of sparked interest. And then when you think about the the ending after it kind of turns into a little bit of jam, it kind of ramps up a little bit. And I hear that extra firepower and that's all coming from Ed. That's That's all Ed's guitar. guitar. Absolutely. It just has so much weight to it. And you're like, okay, when does sometimes get rocking? And it's, it's, it's good. It has its rises and its falls, but boy, this one is better than the average sometimes. My small cell, like a book amongst the many on a shelf. a really good long five horizons note on the show and it's according to this is they 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 went on a little early it was still light outside just playing stand-up bass on this and it says you know the whole fan club section goes wild as soon as they start it because yeah it was something they hadn't heard in a long time but ed's being really theatrical i thought too with the lyrics like sometimes he can be a little bit restrained on this one he can kind of play around with the tension of it but this one it felt like he was playing it up to that crowd it felt like I, I, and again we this is another one that we do not have a video of 
but I I just picture him seeing that whole front section going nuts and just immediately going to play to them and, and get some energy from the first thing. But yeah, you know, you talk about building up to what was coming, you know, the sound check here, we also know that they did stuff like Rival, stuff like Romanza, stuff like Leaving Here, Smile. They did a slow version of Evacuation, evidently, which I would love to hear. I think they were just kind of in the mood. Like sometimes they get in, especially Ed will get in these moods like, oh, we're going to mix it up tonight. And like you you just talked about that with Glenn, like, oh, you know, the boss likes to mix things up a little bit. He's been like that for a while. And this is, you know, nearly 20 years ago. And here's when we're, no, we're going to, let's let's pull, the, pull these out tonight. So not a lot of big early on here. It's just you're getting deep, deep cuts for the most part. Yeah. And I think I go back to that sound check, I think. Maybe they're again, they're starting to think about Mansfield. They're gonna play Rival, they're gonna play Smile, they're gonna play oh, Evacuation. Yeah. The slow version, though, like that is really intriguing because that's something that no, we've never gotten before. So, yeah, very cool. And one thing that I want to mention it's the 21st of June this show. That's the summer solstice, right? Is it? It's either the 21st or 22nd, one of those. Yeah. I, it, I yeah. always get confused with summer and winter, but Longest it's. Day it's the longest day of the year. So it makes sense that they would go on stage early while it's still light out. And I think he yeah. mentions it a couple of times that like, you know, the place is beautiful when you see it there. And I, at one point, I think it was in the encore. He's like, well, it's dark now, you know, yeah, it that, just got dark. So yeah, right, right. Let's move into the set into where the big guns kind of hit right here. And this is an interesting little section. That's the get you going section. It's corduroy. Then Green Disease as number three, Save You, then God's Dice. And I feel like, of course, when Corduroy is number two, that's where the momentum begins. And everything else is feeding off of that momentum. And Corduroy just ramps up, builds that tension. The crowd builds along with it, and they're on the ride the whole entire way. The big solo is the big reveal, absolutely on fire. And it's just right from the start along with sometimes these first three are all it's an ed guitar trio to kick it off which is i feel like is more rare than not and it takes a song like green disease that you would think maybe would end up in the place that save you is like save you would be the one that's following up off off corduroy but green disease has a lot of momentum that corduroy is built up and it's moving in this version i like this version of green disease a lot Oh, absolutely. Green Disease is underrated live song. It's too bad they never play it anymore. But yeah, coming off of Corduroy, it really, I'm like, okay, this is a good version of Corduroy. And then Mike comes in on that solo and you're like, oh, this is a really good Corduroy. This is, this is, this is elevated. And then it just, it just builds off of that. Like I said, the ending is fantastic.
perfect in, in that number two spot. Like like I said, just elevates everything that comes after it. And you look at something like Green Disease, Save You, God's Dice, and you're like, okay, deep cuts. Like there's no hail, hail. There's no once. Yeah. There's no animal yeah. kind of deal. There, right? no, no, it seems like there'd be nothing for people to like grab onto there. But I think it works. Green Disease is fantastic. Save You is the one especially I thought where – it just comes out blazing like super fast. Ed is like yelping near the end of it. Like, yeah. you know, Hell that's man. when he's just having fun. And oh my God, there's an amazing stone solo in Save You. I had to double check my headphones to make sure I wasn't listening to Mike there. Oh, just fantastic. <laughs> stone and Jeff are always the stars of this. I like, they work so well within Save You. And, and yeah. look, I think we did Cleveland 2006 a couple of weeks ago. And one of the points that we kind of brought up, and I hate bringing it up because it seems like you're pissing on songs a little bit and putting them in boxes and separating them from the pack, but it's versions of Save You like this that make Save You the kind of song that sticks around for the rest of their history in the top three spots. And I think that's what's so different between Riot Act and Avocado is that the Avocado songs, uh, you know, a worldwide suicide severed hand got moved around a little bit when they did get played after, but they never became the kind of staples that, you know, especially Save You and Hail Hail and Animal are for like the top three or four. I think on that aspect, it's just rare to find a song like that. However, I am wondering, Quick Escape might be that song. Maybe. We'll see. The jury's out, but I think it's going to be good no matter what. Let's put it that way. Yeah, look, the whole section's great. God's Dice, like even God's Dice, like Ed's kind of in this like feel good mode with this. You can hear him in Green Disease. He's kind of like, after he finishes line, he's like, what? What? And then does another thing in, in God's Dice, kind of the same thing. Little vocal runs showing how excited he is. He's showing that he's having a good time. He's in a good mood. And yeah, there's a lot of love. I think the venue and and being in front of, I think they mentioned at some point, like it just being beautiful out there, being in nature. I, I think they're just in a great mood. I think so. You've been in this venue. Yeah. And they're going to talk about the last time, the Ice Bowl, where they were there. I think just being there and not having it be freezing it maybe it says something that they picked the longest day of the year in the summer to play there yeah of course <laughs> um, but yeah i think they're they're just excited to be back in this place that they know is going to get a good crowd and they know it sounds good and they know they can play some deep cuts to some fans who, who've been with them since 1992 since Lollapalooza in this place and yeah it, it has all those kind of intangible ingredients to make a great show by the way i did confirm and summer solstice is the 21st Okay. So I I, I just wanted to make sure because I know either autumn or spring changes on the 22nd, something like that. So let's go into the next section. It's Faithful Immortality kind of packaged together a little bit. But during the Faithful intro, Ed says, hello, hello, there are a lot of you, the Faithful. I realized something during this version of Faithful, and I don't want to say like why it isn't a staple or why like it doesn't have as much staying power because I think it does. But I realized why good versions are good versions. You listen to the song, and you listen to the chorus especially, and Mike and Stone have to be on the same page. They have to be in sync for this song to work well. If one of them is trying to follow, it's a hard song to connect with because of that, because both of them are playing the same thing, especially in the chorus, 
the stone doing that little like that that's a little bit different but that's the one thing they are mirroring each other and they have to be completely synced up for this to work and i when i heard it and i listened to it and i'm listening to it in both headphones i'm like that works right now. That's working for this. The guitars sound amazing. I, I can't believe I, it's taken me this long to kind of recognize that, but there have to be other songs in the catalog that they do that for. And that's, that's do I like, I don't think people understand how difficult that is. Yeah. And I think there was a feature on the PJ20 DVD where Mike talks about writing the song and he couldn't figure out how to get from like one part to the other. So he like calls up stones, like, Stone, I got this and this. What do I do? And so I say, like, oh, you just go dun, 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 dun. And like, Mike's like, God damn it, perfect. Like, how does he do that? It's kind of co-written with both of them. And it's very intricate. And there are versions of it where it goes wrong. I think there, I remember hearing when Faithful goes wrong, it goes really, really wrong. That's, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that I was trying to toe the line on right there. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. But when it's right and when it's done well, it's one of the best things they do. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and, and I think that this version, especially coming off of what it came off of, starting up your next section and kind of building into something a little different, Immortality, and then you're going to get to your Love Boat Captain in a little bit too, that kind of just changed pace, but it worked. Everything has worked in the set so far, and, and Faithful impressed me from this, for sure. Immortality is always going to impress us. What from this Immortality version impressed you? Oh, just a monster. For me, it, it's it's listening to Jeff on that quiet part right before it oh, yeah. the solo comes in. Just uh-huh. listening to him, just noodle and go off on that bass, like oh, just the so melodic and so fluid, just sounds amazing. I think that the ending, the bass burst at the end, where you just hear that that ringing, and while Matt's going off and Stone is strumming really hard in the ending sequence too, that sounds really good. All of what's happening here is just leading up to opening up the floodgates for for Matt to be the centerpiece. And I I, I made a comment. I'm like, you know, this isn't a seven-minute version of Immortality. And I looked, I'm like, oh, it's six. Okay. (laughs) Right. So, like, even when Immortality isn't the absolute top, like, this is a good Immortality, but I don't think it's the top moment from this show. When Immortality is good, it's usually the best. But this goes to show they can really do no wrong with this song. the songwriting on it was is very very strong and like it has all the parts to make it a big moment and yeah i think this one's we'll be talking about this one later 
All right. Well, if that's a tee up for later in the show, then let's figure out what we're doing next. Ed, kind of off my talking point, says, in case you, you can't see, that's Matt Cameron on the drum kit. And then he mentions what we were just talking about. Don't know if anyone was here during the last time we played. If that's the case, I'm looking at the toughest audience in rock and roll history that survived that. And we made a pact that we were never going to play this place again. But we've been lured back by one of the most beautiful days I've seen in forever. We all remember watching people breathe all this smoke coming from the air. And tonight I'm seeing just about as much smoke. If you got them. From the land of the best smoke... Here's Mr. Boom Gaspar. Let's get into Love Boat Captain. This little section right here is going to be Love Boat Captain, Insignificance, and Deep. And I think we can have a little bit of peace on on each of these. But Love Boat Captain, for me, boy, oh boy, did this work at this show. Middle of the set, and you don't, you know, we're going to talk about some of the hits that come way at the end. But you're thinking here, like, this is sort of even flow spot. And what do you do to sort of replace that energy? And Lobo Captain builds you up to a big insignificance too. But a lot of this in this version, once they really start to jam that mic solo with a couple different effect pedals that he's using, just all of it's working. And then the icing on the cake in this, it's, this is a new song. It's, it's been out for less than a year. But at the end, the crowd taking the entire last verse of the song, Ed's not even prompting them unless he was alluding to it and we don't have the video, but the crowd takes it themselves and they just run with it. And it's really good, especially a song like this, that there is call and response, but it's not, not that you have to force it, but you have to work with them a little bit. The crowd, the crowd seemed on top of their game on this one. It seems like we're we're on a good streak of very good crowds. And of course, Alpine Valley, you know, we just talked about it. Like, yes, that's that's a very good crowd and that's an underrated spot for them to play where it's always going to be very good. But yeah, oh, I got chills at the end of this level, Captain. And yeah, you know, sometimes Ed will, you know, he'll pick up the microphone and he'll turn it around and point it towards the crowd when he wants them to sing and like he'll kind of prompt them to, to take it over. But with this one, oh, it's, they're, they're so loud. And this is not the last time that we're going to talk about the crowd doing that. Would yeah, you say just, that the crowd became the love boat captain that steered them toward the clear? Because I would say that. If, if you want to say did. that, you can say that. Um, I already did. It's on, did. it's on record, my friend. But yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's just uh, it's an amazing moment. Oh, yeah, 
but Insignificance following that, like, Insignificance is such an underrated song. I think if any song in the last three months has just shot up my favorite songs of all time list, Insignificance is just absolutely shattered it. I'm hearing versions of this. We we talked about it in the Showbox show. We talked about it in the Berlin show where it just steals the show. And once again, this is essentially, again, the even flow spot that you need to keep the crowd going and motivated during it. And Insignificance is doing just that. It just has all these big moments that build attention, rises and falls, and and just sounds like it really ramps up towards the end. Like, it's sounding really good here, and there's no misses in the set just yet. Oh, there's there's a miss on Insignificance. I think Mike probably thought he was was starting even flow. He forgets about the the big big stop Mm -hmm. and keeps on going. And then it says, you know, according to our Five Rides thing here, it says he kind of raises his hands and goes, all right, I fucked up. That's me. My bad. Yeah, pretty pretty funny moment. But yeah, Insignificance is great. I love it when they, like, take that little quiet part to build for an extra measure. And yeah, it's just, they just let it simmer. Let let the crowd, right. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Then to follow up in this section, we get Deep at the end, and Deep was going through a revival. We're going to go through another song that, that's going to go through a 2003 revival in a little bit, but Deep was going through the 2003 revival. It had been played, I believe, six or seven times before this show, and look, I've always said that this is really, this is a Dave era song. This is one that is very good in 1993, 1992. There are some people out there that disagree with me that might be on the Hallucinogenic Recipe podcast that love Jack versions of it, which is okay. And I'm open to listening to why. Maybe someday we will. But I thought that they were working at something that I'm not sure that they had with Deep Out of Hibernation here. It didn't have the same bite. Like, Ed kind of gets into it at the end a little bit, and he kind of can... can get back to that intensity but it's still yeah, it, it felt like they were trying to get to that descent into madness they were trying to channel uh, anyway, they were trying to reach back into the history and pull some of that back into thing but it just didn't we're too mature for there. that 2003 yeah. is not this is a song that's in in flux right now in 2003 it's not you're not going to go back to this for like the best version of deep it's, it's a song that's kind of in transition here but it's it's a 10 song and i believe the first, first 10 song, song so also we talked about with Garden last week how Garden is such a rare 10 song that how many times has Deep been the first 10 song of the night since like 1991 have they opened with it yeah right Jesus that's kind of the thing they were going through a revival with a lot of these and they were trying to to see how they would work in a new era which I think that going into later years and in like 2006 and then the mid 2000s and and all that I like I think that everything finds a role and finds a spot but it never really goes back to what it was the original is what you fell in love with so Ed tees up the next one by saying this is a Ramones song by the Ramones dedicated to Johnny Ramone it's a punk rock song with one of the best messages I've heard in a while this is one of the earliest versions of I Believe in Miracles and usually when we touch up on it it's kind of the backspacer end of avocado era that they really did it a lot after Johnny had passed they were doing it a little bit here in 2003 too I think probably just as much as they did it then maybe not more but this is one of the early ones where Miracles has some grit to it. Like it like has some bite on it. Like real distorted guitars and kind of getting to the original kind of Ramon sound. And I I wondered to myself, I I said, 
maybe it was after the Gorge show that they opened with it and they kind of stripped it down and it turned acoustic that right and it sort of became a little bit more poppy in nature when they played it electric they they, yeah they made it a little bouncier and like accented the melody a little more and this is more just Ramon style like one two three four straight up right yeah I think that yeah it's like the fifth or sixth time maybe that they played it something like that I think it was five right yeah 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 if you're gonna do it like open with it or put it like it's just it's a weird spot to come in the middle of the set after you've had these heavy kind of like immortality level captain insignificance deep and then I believe in miracles and then you're going to go back to another riot act song and then it's just it's a weird spot I know yeah. this is sometimes where they'll throw in like a you'll get a deep cut or you'll get like you know something rare you just got a deep this, cut it did it that's right <laughs> a literal deep cut uh, I, I know John that's why I mentioned it I know I'm, I'm a little close slow I haven't even listened to Earthling yet give me a break <laughs> um, but yeah it's just felt a little bit awkward here a little weird when you're you're kind of on a run of, of a certain kind of song and then you're going to break it up with this kind of remorseful song I mean I love it you know play it I'm not saying don't play it but it's just it's just a little the weird spot took me out of it a little bit yeah I think what you're seeing later in the set is you're seeing a myriad of covers and, and you're oh, going to get it covers. So really late covers. like yeah. Encore 2 is basically like breath and, and a cover fest so switch, switch breath and miracles and like do all you know yeah that, that I, breath would have been great yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I mind it here. I don't, but usually it would kind of be placed in that encore spot as like a little treat. But I, I think covers it's fine. in the middle of a main set is always weird. It's just always it's weird, a no little it weird. But at least I believe in miracles is not better thing. You know what I mean? Ooh, at least careful, careful. Well, what I mean by that is at least because better things didn't really turn into a setlist staple. Right. Right. I believe in Miracles had a moment in the sun for a couple of years, so they were it playing it a pretty decent amount. So it kind of became synonymous with Pearl Jam as well as the Ramones. Yeah, I think it's, it's part of it is just me. Like I, it's a thing you can go see. Like when you go see, you know, a local band or a band that's like just starting out and like they don't have enough songs, so they're going to play like a cover in the middle of their set, and you're kind of like. Oh, it's kind of weird. Like, uh, yeah. okay, sure. I guess I kind of have that association with it. I can see that. I can see that. That flows into UR. We haven't covered UR in a while either, and it's just a groove. Like, Stone's got that yeah. drum machine rhythm going, and uh, atmospheric. Like, this is this is one that those lights that happen during this song that kind of like pan the audience. Like, you want to see that. You want to kind of see back towards the grass, and it's just. It's got a very relaxed, kind of chilled out vibe, and, and Mike sounded real good with it too, and kind of bringing some atmosphere to it. I, I, like, this is a song I, I really like and wish we could talk about a lot more. This is a good version, and the, the couple of things that grabbed me on it, he adds the lyric, like, you know, you look like the sea, which I thought was cool. This kind of, like, you never think of this as one of those kind of oceanic changing kind of yeah. thing songs, but it kind of does fit in that. Yeah. And, and there's a part here too, I think it's the guitars just go so growling and like so low end and like it just feels like it's like you're like grinding gears on the guitars. Oh, it was so great. I just wanted to go back and listen to that a few more times. Like you almost never get that sound out of out of Stone and Mike, but oh it just it took me to a whole different place in the song. I thought it was very, very good. Now we're into the portion of the set where you got your deep cuts and new stuff. 
this is this is the greatest hit section, right? This is real payoff. And I think that again, you've had crowd moments, but they were unexpected. I feel like those crowd moments were a little bit more unexpected than than they usually are. So better man being the one here, it's usually the one that's going to grasp the crowd's attention the most, and it's going to grasp our attention for something else in just a second. But I feel like we're on a run of better man crowd. You mentioned how many great crowds we've had probably since the start of the year. And better man has been in the forefront of just about all of them. And it's, we're we're due for one of those Japanese shows where there's like no crowd noise. (laughs) Yep. Next week is Sendai. We're, we're changing, we're changing. We're not doing dead hot next week. We're doing Sendai. Obviously better man. When it's like this, I think it's, it reaches its full potential, but I think it even reaches a little bit more with the little buzzcocks tag. was the first night that the Buzzcocks were on tour with them. You know, they, it had been Idlewild before that, so this is the first night, and you know Ed was so excited to get to see the Buzzcocks every night. And I'm sure he was I'm sure he was down there right on the side of the stage singing along to every song. Oh, and yeah. it's, in the, it's in the front of his mind. First night, getting to hang out with them, super excited, so you knew he was going to throw a Buzzcocks thing in there somewhere. Um, look, and the Buzzcocks did uh, up until that live at the garden DVD show. They did all of those. Like, yeah. that's pretty cool. And especially that, you know, Pete, Pete Shelley's no longer around. Like, like they're, they're just such a legendary punk band that don't get the credit for what they've done and what they kind of helped create with, with pop punk. Right. I don't think right. anybody gives them the credit for that. Whenever you talk about like London punk, you're, you talk about the sex pistols and it's not even giving London punk enough credit. And even when people talk about the Clash, they don't actually talk about the Clash's music. They kind of talk about the the social and cultural meaning of the Clash, and that's not you or I. But I think that's a lot of the justification that other people outside the circle bring. But yeah, the Buzzcocks are very important to this, and the Why Can't I Touch a Tag is 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 marvelous. I think most people know it for being a, a tag off a wish list, but this is two totally completely different schools of thought with mm-hmm. with this song here like yeah you're the going, wish list one is very very relaxed and very yeah very melodic and very mm-hmm. call and response and yeah this is completely the other the other opposite right. very rocking very upbeat screaming, screaming it yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so before jeremy the kind of tongue-in-cheek here's a new one for you tipping off that of course this entire section is going to be all your crowd favorites he, and- he says that after the song started too it's like the song's already started man we already know yeah, right, exactly. Like like you can hide that base. Yeah. But they're steal the show type crowd and these are steal the show type songs. Jeremy runs over the crowd. Very, very good. 
Evenflow. I love Evenflow from 2003. Mike just toys with it. And he starts off, he's like, okay, we'll play with it a little bit. And then just... Oh, it takes a left turn, gets real weird. Right, blasts everybody in the face. It, it's it's a very interesting version. Yeah, these two are interesting because it's really the, you know, you're getting to the meat of the 10 songs here. And to me, they both had a really good energy because they weren't played too fast. Sometimes Jeremy in, in the 2010s and even Flo in the 2010s will be like, it turns into like a spectacle. Yeah, right. And this is not that. In 2003, that's hard to do. Like, Alive had already gone through some stuff. We've talked about how a lot of those those songs were playing. We just talked about Deep, where they were, they're not the same they were back in 91, 92. Right. I thought they really were channeling something on these, and it felt really good, and it had a really good energy to it. And maybe it's the energy they're getting from the crowd, and Jeremy had some really good tensions. It hit on all the spots where it was supposed to hit, and like all the things you remember, and it, it didn't feel like they were just going through the motions on it, which, you know, they don't, but sometimes, you know, it feels like they miss that, you know, and you play a song for that long, and that's going to happen, right? You're not going to hit the same things that you did on it a while back, but both felt really good, really energetic. At the end of Even Flow, yeah, I was going to mention it, right? That he, that he can pull that out, and then it kicks back in, and you're like, oh man, like this is this is 1992, 1993 energy on this. Well, I, I was actually you you mentioned the ending. I was going to yeah. mention that he says at the end, yeah, yeah, you'll never vote Republican. That's right. And this, That's right. this show gets pretty political at points where there's going to be a really oh, yeah. long speech in, in a little right here, bit. Yeah. Yep. Right, so that's kind of teeing up a lot of what's on Ed's mind. And of course, 2003, it's a lot about the war, it's a lot about politics. And uh, I just want to bring this up, and I'll bring this up early instead of bringing it up later in the set. There was no live played at this night. Right. No like, black. No black, right. This no is, porch. This is the last 10 song being played. No. Believe it or not. Daughter and River Mirror, look, even going back to these two. We're going to get these two here, and then we're going to open the encore with four versus songs. You're getting six versus songs in a freaking row. Hot damn. Crazy. If you like throwing shit at the wall and giving a hand to people that love specific records, and there are tons of people that absolutely love verses, me included. Yeah, all these songs. This is the way to do it. What a way. Daughter, we mentioned this with Greg, he kind of talked about the lullaby a little bit, and I don't think it's anything specifically a lullaby, it's pretty much your basic, like, go to sleep, little child kind of kind of thing, and he kind of goes off of it, and I don't know if there was any rhyme or reason for it, but... Was he a new dad at this point? Had that happened yet? No, it was 2005, I think okay. Olivia was born in 2005, Harper, and I think 2009 or 2010, hmm. so yeah, I, I, the, the closest thing that I was, and I think I mentioned this when we talked to Greg, the closest thing I could think of was... Lily Cornell, yeah, and yeah. she was born around this time, but uh, maybe it was just something on their mind. They who, were starting to have kids, you know, Matt had kids, you know, Mike. It could have been, kids, yeah, it could have been, been for one of their kids, yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Just had it, had, it in, had it in the forefront of their mind. Of course, and didn't have to be anybody's birthday for them to do it, but yeah. Ed's getting real baritone at the end of it as the song faded out. I thought that that was pretty cool. And you're closing the set with Rear View Mirror, and I thought that this was a hell of a way to close the set plucky slow burn intro middle of the song like it's very experimental this version from all different ends like there's a lot of different things going on and i can't really place it i can't really place like what 
familiarizes me with it. Like, Stone is doing some kind of noisy techniques, and Mike is doing some things with noise. And it's it's really interesting. I, I want to hear what your take on it is. Yeah, I, you know, you're getting into Rear Mirror. You're getting to that jam section. And it starts getting a little spacey, and I'm like, okay, like, we, we, we've heard, you know, versions of Rear Mirror like this before. Okay, you know, kind of know what I'm getting into here. And then it starts with this guitar interplay and you know we mentioned it a little bit on faithful where stone and mike have to be very much in sync with each other and very much you know connected and playing off each other and timed in together perfectly and listening to them play on this and you know it's it's so cool because then you go on headphones you can go in and you know stones on your on your right side and mike's on your left side and ed's in the middle so i'm listening to this and i'm trying to like concentrate and hear what kind of thing is Mike doing and Stone's doing this and it's just the guitar interplay between them on this is just world class like it's almost classical level of guitar you don't want to say wizardry because that sounds dumb but technique I guess is the the right word it's just unbelievable and then that yeah, goes this on isn't for a dream theater podcast we don't use exactly yeah yeah like that, you know that that goes on for a long time and then you get Ed coming off to finish it out on top, and it's just kind of the perfect way to cap it off. Oh, it was just beautiful. Again, just wanted to go back and listen to it three or four more times just to hear every little thing they were doing. And, like, you know, someone with more technical knowledge, you know, my, my knowledge of the technical aspect of guitar playing is very, very small and very, very limited. But I know when I hear something like this that that's, that's very impressive and that's, that's noteworthy. And, yeah, it was oh, just you know wonderful to listen to and just again no video so i'm picturing them just locked in together just doing this and like eyes closed just playing off a feel and playing off a vibe like you have to have a really good connection with someone to play like this also noteworthy mike and matt at the end of the song are just they're ramping it up to just the highest high levels just like going as fucking fast as they can to finish the song and and of course this is the best spot when it closes either the main set or closes the first encore, wherever it is, and it just leaves you off wanting so much more and just feeling exhausted in a good way, feeling like you it like exhausted your energy and you're like, wow, that was amazing. I feel invigorated. I feel enlightened, and I, I'm just ready for the next thing. It prepares you for everything to come. So good, such a good version. All right, in the encore, but before. We get into the encore. It's time to pause for station identification. Talk a little bit about Patreon. Talk a little bit about liveonfortlinks.com. Just sort of BS a little bit. Let's start with the the old Patreon over there. And at first, I want to thank a not a new patron, but a returning patron, Raul Sanchez. So thank yeah, you thanks, for, for coming back. And what Raul, I think he signed up for the year. So what I like to do for people that sign up for the full year and it's on any tier, whether it's the bonus leg tier or the Giga or Horizon, if if you guys want to contribute a little bit extra to us. But what I like to do, if people can sign up for 12 months, I like to give them that option to request a show. So Raul, definitely get in touch with us. Cool. Give us your show request. Yeah. But that's that goes out to anybody that hasn't joined Patreon too, that wants to request something in the future, but just wants to be part of the bonus leg. If you sign up for a full year, like we'll make it happen. We'll get you on the list. And even so, like I think there are people that are bonus leg patrons that we didn't 
have this rule in effect for a while, but now we're at the point mm-hmm. where we can we can start piling we've, up requests. We've cleared, again. A, we've cleared off a bunch of requests this year, so oh yeah, the the, the line has gotten shorter a little bit. I, but we we have so, we have a lot. Like I will oh, put sure. it this way, we have oh, a lot sure. more. It's not like Absolutely. we're done, not Absolutely. at all. And we have a lot of our own stuff and our own kind of. We'll see it with the next couple episodes. Just what we're doing and and the stories that we're that we're trying to tell. At we kind of have to mix everything in here and there. But yeah, that's something if you want your story to be told, if you want your show to be covered, hopefully it's a show that neither of us are thinking about because those are the best ones to cover on it. So the best way you can do that is live on fourlegs.com. Go there and click the be a patron button and sign up for Patreon. You don't even have to go to patreon.com. I mention that every week and you really don't have to go to that because you're supporting somebody else if you go to that. You're still supporting us if you sign up, but you're supporting us 100% if you go to live on fourlegs.com. And one of the things I just want to bring up right now is that whenever this tour does end up happening, if it's something gets announced this week, next week, in a month, whenever, we are going to be a destination spot for the tour. 100%. Our plan is, and, and look... I think a lot of people that have been paying attention to the website, yeah, it's it's been hard to put st- stuff out. It's kind of been a dead period with the winter Holidays, and all that. It happens, yeah. Exactly, sure. But, you know, now that we're thinking ahead, we're thinking about something new on the website every single day because we want you guys to keep visiting and keep checking in and keep seeing what's up because we want to give you guys something new every day whether it's something an audio clip whether it's something on youtube john's got ideas for ranking stuff i got ideas for you know whatever i got ideas for they usually don't end but we want it to be kind of a destination spot so keep it bookmarked because you never know you never know what's going to come up with it yeah, and you know, we've released those 2014 Concertpedia reviews and you know, a lot of you guys worked really hard on that, the people that did that and we you know Thank we you so much worked really people. hard to absolutely and again, just a pleasure to put those together. I'm going to be starting on uh, the 2013 ones here very soon. I'm excited to get into that and it's going to be another long one, so we'll get that up for you guys. You know, we're going to be working on it for a little while, but when it's ready, we'll get it up for you and that'll be another thing and you know, when this when this tour comes out, you know, when the shows happen, you know, you'll be able to go to live on legs.com and, and see that concert PD review for those new shows, hopefully the next day or the day after. So right. that's going to be, that's going to be something to look forward to. And hopefully some reactionary episodes as well. Yep, I don't know absolutely. if we'll be able to get to one after every single show, especially stuff that's on the West coast, but we might be able to package two or three together sure. and sure. sort of kind of compare and contrast. I think we'll, we'll try to do our best to do as many as we can, but we're going to be do- going to some of those too. So it's important to follow us on Twitter yeah. and yep. on Facebook for the, for the Pearl Jam podcast community group, because we can go live to Facebook after the show and do some post show stuff like like I did and and Zach helped me do at the EV show. So mm-hmm. I do want to mention with with Patreon because we didn't mention it, but we got it in the can. The Crazy Mary episode is recorded. Yeah, yeah, coming any out day soon. now, you guys. And as I mentioned before, we recorded the Horizon Leg profile episode with Greg Schwab. It's very good. It's got a good story. That's coming out this week. I can promise you that's coming out this week. I can only promise you that Crazy Mary is is a very soon. Very soon. And it's going to be very good. So keep your ears peeled on that. Again, Evolution episodes are our favorite thing that we're doing, and we're trying to do more of them this year. And there's going to be a little bit of a an evolution in the Evolution episode. So stay tuned for that. Nothing else? Keep it moving. Back to the rock. 
Encore time, and Ed says, can't go yet. It's dark out, so we might as well keep going. What do they go into? It's that, then animal, then elderly woman, glorified G. As we mentioned, it's going to be four right from the start. If you go back to the main set, it's going to be six in a freaking row. That's pretty incredible. And for somebody that has been to a show where they have played a lot of versus songs in a row, like you can kind of say that... <laughs> That's true, true. Like how great of a, a delight that is. Oh, fantastic. And, you know, considering, you know, the, the first part of this set is a lot of riot act, even, you know, a couple of binaural songs. You know, Daughter that, that kicked this whole thing off, that was the first song for verses that they had played this night. So you got to be thinking, like, oh, you know, some of those fans, like, oh, man, you know, I, I like this, but, you know, where are those old songs? Like, you know, you, know, you got it. And oh yeah, that they, they and and then some, yeah. So go to start off an encore is one of the best things because it's just that immediate hit of like that, that intro comes in and it's just like everyone is on their feet. I mean, you know, people have been, you know, you might have gone to take a shit, you might have gone to get a hot dog, you might have gone, you know, talking to your friend, whatever. Like that, as soon as that kicks in, everyone is back in 100% at the show. Fantastic. I'll do you one further. I'll I'll raise you go in an encore and I'll say that closing a main set with Rearview Mirror and then opening an encore one or even closing an encore one with Rearview Mirror and opening an encore two with Go is yeah. one of the best combinations out there that you can get. It's it's fantastic. It's a ride of emotions and like Go is just something it just you want you want to be back into the set. You, you, you had like a couple minutes to just sort of relax and kind of ponder over what you just saw and then go brings you back into the show it, it brings you back into that moment it's perfect yeah. and especially like i was a little surprised with animal that following go that there wasn't sort of this roar at the start of animal you know what i mean we didn't get it but it, it had its it had its payback because when ed kind of pr- prompts the crowd to sing it you got the crowd singing it and that's oh, yeah. That's oh, the yeah. important moment. I think there's one. no roar because they were already at top volume. <laughs> there's there's no, right. nowhere to go from there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where are you going to go? For sure. Before, yeah, Elderly Woman has a little thing, too, where they're doing the hearts and thoughts. And there's a note here that says Ed, like, holds back the band. Like, he gives them the yes. nod, like, like do it one more time. Give him give right. another chance. Right. So he, he, he knows. He's, he's feeling it. He knows what they're bringing to him. Take it. Before that, he kind of acknowledges people that are coming from Chicago uh, who had a, a a far drive to get there, but acknowledges mm-hmm. that it's going to be a lengthy drive home that awaits him as well, and kind of says it's going to be like a small town that's out there. And really, with that section that you just said, they, they are creating a small town within the 22,000 that are inhabiting the Alpine Valley. Some songs can work really, really well for certain venues. and. 
this one outdoors in front of that many people like yeah that that's that's anthemic and and exactly this is not the folky small town this is not no. like the campfire small town this is this is a rock small town like fully electric upbeat yeah glorified g we talked a little bit about this Here before we we're getting into some politics it's going to be glorified g and then following up is going to be bush leaker and then following up that is going to be evolution where you still you still get political how about these three together that it works really well like again on paper you're like eh, okay but yeah, yeah that, there's kind of a thread that you can draw like right through these yeah very good army fact i got to that's okay man because i love money that's pretty good and that's yeah. an example yeah. of where ed's head was at at the time and if you hear at the end too ed has another change i'll never steal your heart from your neck it's reflective of the wartime period he's pissed off about everything he's pissed off about neocon and and cheney and and all the shit that went down and yeah. yeah, it's Halliburton. All of it is just leads up to just some bitterness and anger. Yeah, you're getting and you're getting a Dick Cheney reference in Bush Leaguer too. You are right, and yeah, there there are no theatrics in this version of Bush Leaguer, and I think uh, that's interesting because we don't usually talk about a very straightforward one. When you think about Bush Leaguer, you think about when they're looking to piss people off, and this one they're looking to convey a message and more of a positive message, it seems but it's still pretty pissed off. It's still pretty politically charged. Yeah, it says he wasn't wearing the, the jacket for this one. It says that he comes no, out but the, come the second play. encore. Yeah. Right. Very come weird. Play. But do you think now, for this version of Bush Leaguer, should there be a should there be a yes. credited tag on this? One hundred percent. Or for David Bowie's changes? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I think he so. does another change. It. Yeah. He, he does cool. it. Yeah. have to call it i think that is a Bush call slash changes that is a call into dave from livefootsteps.org which by the way gotta mention this every single episode like just oh. go on there and spend the day spend the day going through what he has oh, and you it's know when, when we get remarkable. to this on our concertpedia too I'll, we'll be mentioning that oh for we'll, sure absolutely we'll have, it, we'll have it listed on ours Yep. Look, there there are some people that do some great things for this community. Dave has done something really wonderful. Oh, yeah. So he's you know, please please support him. Right. Yeah, he's good for those of doing updating those set lists live for the mm-hmm. Eddie shows. That's hard work. Yeah, he's he's working on a yeah. whole Eddie database. I mean, yep. whew, so yeah, all all credit goes out to him. 
evolution he kind of mentions beforehand uh, again he's, he's like from where i'm standing there's so much power this bit of real estate out here voting is like having a kid raising it upright just like evolution so stand up and be counted and it finishes off the set here a lot of lyric changes some fuck up some actually Lots all over made, the place yeah made to be in the set it, it's fun and i think it's really packaged together by how good stone sounds in it it's more got a stomp to it. it it's not like the straight up do the evolution where it's just fast and and rips like you were saying before with even flow and jeremy mm-hmm. it doesn't have that it has that real garage rock stomp to it the plod really really dug that version i really love how it sounded and and ed's got a lot of banter as mentioned gentlemen oh 100 that's stone gossard mm-hmm. ed's got the banner he's a congressman he's a liar and admire me admire my son he looks like stone like it's just fun banter as i said he fucked up the lyrics and he actually says yeah. fuck up the lyrics every once in a while like that's that stuff's good yeah, man. It's i just, fuck this up every once in a while yeah yeah cool. right now, I got another question for you. What do you got? Should there be a Bush Leaguer tag on this? Because it does add that he's a confidence man. There is a little lyric in there. Just Probably saying. not. Probably not. Just a little, uh, like, is there, that there all it little, is? There was, yeah. It's, it's confidence just, man? No. But just a little nod to Bush Leaguer again and do the evolution, which we never, you never ever get. Right, yeah. I think it's a cool, not coincidence, but instance that it does happen. Yeah. But no, not not a tag. Not it, it, he he does the freaking chorus of changes, you know? Oh, like, yeah. That, yeah, 100%. That's legit. I think that's I'm legit. with you. I think I'm with you. Okay. All right, Encore 2. Ed is out. He's wearing the Silver Frogs jacket, and it's been dragged up and down. And look, we're in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, that's where... That's frog territory right there. 1995. Right. It wasn't the first time they brought out the jacket. I, I, like there were some Chicago shows in 94 where I think the jacket was around, but that that's, you I know, think we have, we have a, we have at least one, one frog or one member of the frog family is in, is in attendance here, right? Yes. Mother frog is there. And Dennis, I believe is there and mother frog actually made the jacket. So she gets right. a little shout out and shout outs. The buzzcocks here speaks highly of them, how much they're admired. And then we get into it. We, we have a nice little discussion here. Ed's, Ed's worked up. He's, he's feeling it. I don't know how much of this is podcast appropriate, but I'm going to make it podcast appropriate. We were just talking in the back and, and we were, uh, you know, I was mentioning the voting thing because I wasn't sure if we were going to see you again before the next election. Uh, and it's important because you remember the last election was decided by a very small, thin... 25, 30, 45, 100, 200 votes. So you guys could absolutely win the thing yourselves. So. Power to the people, man. The real people, the people that work, not the people that sit in their towers and try to run the whole thing thinking that we're too stupid to notice that what they're doing. They get us in our little holes and our boxes and our cages and they show us American Idol and American Gladiators and American blowjob, buttfuck, whatever. And everyone watches with bated breath. Oh, who's going to get a blowjob tonight? What American's going to get a blowjob tonight? 
when in reality you could be getting one yourself instead of watching the fucking TV. I don't know. I digress. We were talking in the back. We were thinking instead about waiting two years. Maybe the next time we can come back and play a few places we've been. And this could be one of them. Hopefully in a year, the world will be straightened out. Pressure representatives and be active. Damn. And that's not, he's not even done talking after that. Maybe a little bit. I mean, you know, PJ 20 was a long way away, but maybe even a little foreshadowing, maybe thinking that, oh, you know, that they've got this doing something big, right? If if we, if we're going to do something big, maybe, maybe we do it here. Yeah. That's some kind of residency. That that was already like on their mind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What do you think he means by blowjob, butt fuck, whatever? Do you think it's like reality television? It's a, um, and it's how- Ameri- yeah, he says American Idol, American Gladiators, American blowjob, buttfuck, it's this whatever right. reality show, yeah. Okay. Because right. I mean, got- like American Idols and American Gladiator, it's not like a sex rampant reality show, which was all over in 2003, you know what I mean? It was starting like to, yeah, starting to Real hit, world yeah. kind of stuff, you know? But he he he's just going off the what he remembers. Like I mean, you know, they don't have time to watch that shit. But no, no, we no, ha- no. we we're, we haven't gotten far off from these from American buttfuck in you know the last few years of TV. You're basically no, getting that. No, got so. worse. Yeah. Right. If you don't watch TV, then you don't consume it. So yep. that's all I got to say. But after this whole little spiel, he talks about stealing his his uncle. I'm not sure another, if he said his another uncle left was, turn. His uncle's yeah. friend. Yeah. His uncle's friend, but his was his uncle in attendance? I wasn't sure about that part. His uncle's know. one of his uncle's friends was. He he talks hmm. about ha- his uncle and his uncle had two friends, and he talked about stealing his uncle's Beatles records and how he allowed him to kind of keep them and never ask for them back. One of the friends of his uncle that wasn't there, he had passed away at this point, he taught him how to cuss when he was four. And then Ed says, thanks to him, he did a great fucking job. Of course, if you have anyone to blame for Ed having a little bit of a potty mouth sometimes, Eon's your guy. Hide your love away, play it on acoustic, and then you're going to get into Breath and Crazy Mary right afterwards. But great sing-along on the Beatles song. Not bad on the harmonica. Yeah, crowd loves it. I think there were a lot of high highs in Encore 1, and I think you just needed to relax for a second because you're going to get some more highs here too. Yes, I think the, you know, the, wine, the wine is kicking in at this point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of wine, we're going to get to Crazy mm-hmm. Mary. Breath Breath is interesting in 2003 because sometimes it's great, sometimes they nail it, and sometimes it's like, ooh, okay, I can see where there was a little difficulty in them kind of being hesitant on bringing it back because Ed was having a little bit of trouble with the lyrics. There was a moment where there's really good harmonizing with some of the backing vocals, but it seems like Ed's a little lost. This version doesn't grab me. Usually Breath does. I think off of this, a couple weeks later, Live at the Garden, that that version is amazing. Uh, They just build a lot of chemistry, and they they figure it out. But this one falls just short of it. Still, it's the only, you know, original song you're getting, except for the very, very end. Oh, I better right. Yeah, but... I think it's it's too it's it's just a treat for this crowd because when that first like when you when it dives right at the very beginning everyone's like oh breath like it's just one of those songs that gets everybody going because everybody knows it because everyone had that soundtrack again this is all covers we're going to talk about here for a little while and it's just a way for them to say thank you to this crowd and for for being what they were and breath is just part of that I think 
Sure. And I think a lot of people in that crowd, they always go back to like it coming back in 98 and you know, it's still pretty fresh five years later. So people are still kind of being like, yeah, maybe maybe it's, it's a, it's a possibility now. Now it's, it's, there's a high chance that it could happen. Like you and you and I have seen it in, in concert. It's just yeah, multiple times when that first note, when they first started, it's like, it's one of the best moments of the show. Smile. Everyone's just like, Oh, here we go. Big smile. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen some very, very, very good versions of Breath. And mm-hmm. yeah, just just fun. Crazy Mary. So we're just about to get to Boom Solo. You know, Crazy Mary's <laughs> take a bottle, drink it down, and Crazy Mary Evolution's coming. We do mention this, but it, and it's kind of a side story in the part of the evolution, which is good to tell it here and sort of promote what, what we're doing for the episode. But an inebriated fan makes his way onto the stage and decides that he's going to make a moment for himself. And uh, security is obviously after him, but Ed decides, no, 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 let, let him say his piece. It's going to make a friend. It's going to make a friend. We are a free nation. We can speak freely. Let's hear what he has to say. Take a bottle, take it down. Pass it around. Pass it here. It's like, take a bottle, drink it down, pass it around, and that's uh, fine. Okay, you're just singing a song. But he gets an encore. He, he gets a freaking encore. Like, and I, I'm sure Ed was just like, go ahead, man. Another thing that would be amazing to have video for. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Hopefully there's somebody out there that... I think they is, danced at some point, too. Right. Before. Yeah. Thank my wife and then God bless Eddie Fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. But Ed... Ed would, would introduce him and say, yep, that's Carrie Wood of the Cubs, who, who <laughs> is side stage watching the show. Mm-hmm. And, and Ed, at some point, you know, during the solo, walks over to Carrie Wood and they, they have a laugh about it. So it's yeah. just, they're having a good time. After the song, Ed's like, Boom Gaspar, this drunk idiot. Honestly, there are very few shows where you can say that the entire Encore one and Encore two feels like a party, but this one, this is one of the rare shows where it does happen. Yeah, and sure. again, again, too, it's just a kind of in, another intangible thing to be able to take a moment like this that could be scary, where some dude rushes the stage. Oh, right, you don't know. You, it's yeah. two years after nine eleven. You don't yeah. know. And security's chasing this dude, and for Ed to be like, "No, we're cool. Let him, let him do his thing, and then we'll get rid of him. We're going to handle this <laughs> the right way." Like, not many bands can do that and then turn it into comedy. Like, he's that charming and he's got that kind of disaffecting, disarming personality where he can just kind of show. Because he's, he's been tackled on stage. You know, you talk about oh, yeah. that Singapore, 
forget exactly where it was, but that uh, Thailand, not Taiwan. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and he's to this day, even if if you know if someone gets on stage, he's not going to be the guy to like, oh fuck you, get off my stage. You know, he's like, no, we're cool. Just be cool. Right, let's have a let's have a moment. Yep. I would rat. Yep. It's almost like you're more safe with us than you are with them. Right. Because and security's yeah, going to drag about, you away. They're going exactly. to hurt you. Like, I, I've been dragged it. out by security before. So, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I have. It, I, I won't I tell the yeah. story because I don't feel yeah. like it. But but think about what that does to feeling. this crowd. If what, What's the effect on this crowd if this guy gets tackled by security, dragged off? Everyone's like, oh. Ooh, right. It takes away from the music. But no. Uh-huh. It, he turns it into a, turns it into a positive, makes it fun. Exactly, absolutely, and it's going to be a fun end of the set. As we mentioned, there's a lot of covers. There's three in a row here, but two of them are era specific covers in different kind of tones. Know your rights, a lot bit more aggressive, mm-hmm. and then Fortunate Son, a little bit more folksy, a little bit more hippie. So you kind of have back to back politically charged kind of songs, and it's interesting because. Usually here, as we mentioned before, there's no alive in this set, so you're filling it with something. And they're fine. I think it's okay. I don't think the set doesn't improve by not having alive. I don't think that, but I also I don't think the appetite is quite there for three in a row to end your night. Especially because it doesn't seem like Ledbetter was on the set list. It was a it was yeah. a late ad. Right. So Baba sounds really good too. Baba's great, but it. Oh, another wow moment from this crowd. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, w- before we get and really talk deep into Baba, what, what overall about this section? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, again, Crazy Mary, which is like the fun time, like the party. We're going to talk about that a lot when we when we do the evolution episode, and then into Know Your Rights, which is very kind of jagged and jarring and very like angular. And then Fortunate Son is like the, you know, kind of like the 60s hippie anthem type of thing. It was just a little strange to get those all back to back to back. And then you're closing it with this big, like, 70s arena rock anthem. Not many bands bands can pull these three songs off back to back to back. But it's it's kind of like you're getting every side of Pearl Jam here in these three songs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, it's cool. Like... We yeah. talk about oh, Earthling. Matt's got, a, Matt's, Matt's got a great part in Fortunate Son near the end there. We talk about Earthling, and, and yeah. every single song you can say, well, that's R.E.M. Oh, spoilers, spoilers. Haven't heard it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the headphones off. <laughs> John, this is you guys. <laughs> Peter Gabriel, R.E.M. Yeah, hey, I heard the first one. I know the Peter Gabriel. There's some Bruce. There's obviously Tom Petty. You can, on and on and on. If you guys are following on social media, you got all this shit already. Yeah, yeah. I talked on social media, so I wouldn't talk on here. So... Baba, again, I think it's one more for the crowd, as you mentioned. It's just letting them have that big moment. We haven't covered Baba, especially like a big Mm. Baba in a very long time. So it's powerful. from the crowd there's love 
resonating the from crowds stage louder to than the Ed, crowd. It feels like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Again, there's so much fun at this show. Almost a little too fun. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this. This isn't normal of Pearl Jam, but that's okay. You guys get one. That yeah, I think about it too. Like the show prior to this had been canceled in Cincinnati, that's so I think point. they had had like two or three days off. So yeah, they're in a great mood. Anytime Ed is doing anything, Pete Townsend, he's in a great mood. So you're right. Ledbetter, okay. It seemed like Bobo was going to end the night, but they do a little huddle up. They decide, all right, we're we're going to finish with Ledbetter. And I think it's another. I, I didn't pay too close attention to the lyrics. Sometimes Ledbetter, you're just like. All right, led better and done, but I think Ed was sort of changing the lyrics to kind of fit the the anti-war kind of yeah, deal. Coming you know, home in a box or a bag, yeah. Right, yeah. And then uh, second week in a row, we get a little wing tag at the end. Yeah, very nice. Whew, there's some good stuff here. Now we yeah, got to pick cool. three moments. It's my week, John. Go for it. My week. Uh, number three, because we have Know Your Rights in the conversation today. Number three! I'm going to say for number three, you know what? I'm going to give the nod to Crazy Mary because it, it just made such a great moment. It made for such a fun memory. That's the kind of thing I think you go to a show and you, you don't forget that some dude ran on stage, you know, and wasn't kicked out by security. Like that's that's a moment in time that kind of stands still sort of thing. Those kind of moments happen from certain performances and sometimes they happen from instances and this is one of the time they happen in instance. Number two I'm gonna say number two is sometimes. It set the tone for the show and it was just such a unique version of it. It just had so many different moving pieces. Mike had a different, using that kind of end outro that he does and Ed extending the outro like that was just wonderfully done. And I think it might be kind of absence makes the heart grow, grow fonder with this version. But no, this is this is a better version than most that are out there. Number one. I think number one is Love Boat Captain. Going from... Okay what Mike is able to do and then go into the crowd. I really, really enjoyed this version of Love Boat Captain. I, like, it is a top 10 song for me, and when I'm able to hear it live and in this kind of atmosphere, it's it's pretty exciting. And the one place, the only time that I saw it live was in Alpine Valley. Very cool. Go ahead, John. Uh, yeah, sometimes it was on my, on my radar, obviously, but I have three completely different ones. My, Great. Uh, I love it my, when we can do that. Number three! Yeah, my number three is Rearview Mirror. Talked about the guitars on that just blowing my mind. Just amazing technique, amazing technical ability there. Can't wait to go back and listen to it again. Number two! My number two is Better Man. I feel like you need something that captures the energy of what this crowd brought to the show. And you mentioned that when we were we were talking about it, how they just take that whole first verse and then, you know, the icing on, on the cake is the Buzzcocks tag, you know, with them coming off, joining the tour the first night with the Buzzcocks. So, you know, he was going to do something there. Number one. My number one's Immortality. I think I mentioned it when we talked about it. Just a monster version. Jeff just sounds so good on that bass. And again, Madden and, and Mike at the end, just the highlight from the show, I thought. All right. It's time to rate it. I like when we have three different options. It makes the show feel fuller. It gives it kind of a bigger identity. I'm going first, so I will rate it a nine. I think it's a nine. I think it's a lot of great 
2003 shows are in the nine and nine and a half territory and don't some don't make it to the 10 because there's such a high bar that they need to reach and even though it's alpine valley even though it's a big place it's tough to hit mansfield it's tough to hit msg it's tough to hit some of those other ones that are really really good this one i don't want to say like this one's falling short this one is right in the wheelhouse of what 2003 shows should be it's exciting it's fun it's politically charged it's got moments it's got exceptional performances this is a very solid nine you know i may have taken a different route to get there but i think i ended up in the exact same place i'm gonna give it a nine as well all right when you say different route to get there what well for me it's um how'd you drive it's a lot of the deep cuts early on and then the they hit you with the crowd favorites. But for me, it's, you know, I was kind of in the in the eight, eight and a half mode, but then just listening to this crowd, I think I mentioned it either last week or the week before that, that, that was that's worth an extra half a point, at least when when the crowd is just on fire and like elevating the show and adding to the performance and the band's able to feed off that and really get to some nice spots. And yeah, I mean, it's not going to be in the 10 range. It's not a, a classic show. It doesn't have some of the big heavy moments late that a lot of shows do, but very, very good. The, each individual part is very interesting and there's lots of stuff in here that, that surprised me and a lot of stuff that I want to go back to. So that's a nine. Yeah. I, I always say if, if I want to listen to a show again and soon after I do an episode, usually I'm like, all right, on to the next one. But I might want to listen to a couple of tracks of this after after finishing editing. Oh, like don't, don't sleep on next week. That's uh, that's an all timer. I, I know, but at least we'll have a little bit of time because next True. week is a 1992 show. True. But anyway, hey, look, let's not look past that. How important and big all the verses song felt like that in itself deserves nine territory where wherever and whenever it is. You know what I mean? Especially yeah, just, oh, we're just going to play. Afterwards. We're just going to play half of verses right here in the right. middle of this random 2003 show. <laughs> right, right. I, that that in itself, I think, deserves to be within the nine, nine and a half category. Next week, look, we've been all over the map here. We've been doing, you know, like this this year. We we did like 2006. We did 2009, 2012. I think what we need to do is we kind of need to pay homage to the 30th anniversary of really the bands getting big and getting popular and telling the story of their growth. And the way that it's told is through 30 years ago, basically in February and March of 1992 is where you need to go, where it all starts to kind of form. It starts to formulate where you start to see at these shows that fans are coming and they know the songs. They have the album and they're paying attention and magical things are starting to happen at these shows. They're also after years later would become very, very popular on bootleg. So it adds kind of a mystique to what would happen later on and, and, and like their growing popularity after they, they would play these places. So what we're going to do for the next four weeks is we're going to do a little bit of a stay in the Netherlands and do three shows in a row from 1992 that all, I think, happened in consecutive dates. So next week, I think I mentioned before, it's Den Haag. Den Haag's probably the biggest one. Then, it definitely is. Oh, yeah, I had that tape. 
Utrecht, I don't sleep on Utrecht. Like that's that's Tivoli. That's very that's important. That I believe that's the second one, and then Rotterdam is going to be the third one. But that's all building to the big moment, and the big moment is clearly going to be on the 30th anniversary. It's going to be released on March 16th, which on March 16th, 1992, this important show was filmed in Astoria for MTV. The band just on the rise. And after this would air in May, they would explode. MTV unplugged is finally coming alive on four legs happening in four weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think you can get much bigger than that. I think that will be one of our, biggest episodes we do and, and we're trying we're, we're we're working the phones we're trying to get some pieces and and look the live on four legs mystery machine is always working and one of the things that we're looking for right now is there weren't a lot of people in the audience that night not a lot of people around not a lot of people backstage if you happen to know one of those people that happened to be there we want to speak to them that's we want to know what it was like in the room that night because that's that's something you never get again so all of this is building up. We have a month to get there, but it's going to be a really fun ride to get there, guys. I, I'm I'm extremely excited. Uh, these are just going to be classic shows where Ed is having fun, doing banter and, and yelling at the crowd. And uh, yeah, these is going to be great. John. Oh, what can you say? I mean, Den Haag, Tivoli, Unplugged. I mean, yeah, can't wait. That's all you got to say. Well, like I say, yeah, it, it kind of, I think for the first, and, and this, this happens to me sometimes when you, we do the show, whenever I know that there's an important show, my demeanor changes and I kind of t- like the first, this has been what, six, seven weeks of the year. Everything's been pretty happy go lucky. I've been pretty loose and I felt pretty good and it's gotten looser and looser as the week's gone on. But I think the storytelling aspect is really going to come back out for the next couple. And we're going to really stick to that and, and try our best to really paint the picture of how Pearl Jam became Pearl Jam. I think anybody listening is probably like, let's, let's go, let's move it. When is it next week? Let's, let's do this. When is it March 16th on March 16th? Is it Wednesday already? We should kind of make that a slogan. We should Hmm. put that on a t-shirt or something, right? right? Well, this was a great one to cover. Thank you once again to Greg, our horizon patron who contributes to the show and contributed this request and had a really fun conversation with him. So if you want to check that out, that's over at the Patreon. I, I think we said all that there is to say all oh, right now, the spiel's coming out and all you got to do is wait till next week to get something really, really good. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. Next week, be there. I fuck this up every once in a while.